Okay, welcome to the Courtside Hoops podcast with Reg and Buckets. Uh, I'm Reg and I'm joined by Buckets uh, again via Zoom. Buckets, how are you? I'm good. I'm very well today. It's good to be back. Yes, episode two. Uh, topic two is return of the NBA. Um, and there's there's various obviously things that we want to talk through uh, in relation to the return of the NBA. But before we do, um, Vince Carter, 22 seasons in the NBA, has officially, through his podcast, Winging It, uh, said that he's done. Um, which, fun fact, turns out Tyson Chandler is the only player left in the NBA who played against MJ in his Wizards days. Otherwise, there's no one really? else. Yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I hope it's fact because I'm saying it's fact. <laughs> um, and he is pretty old and has been around for a long time, Tyson Chandler, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's um, right. So yeah, that's going way back, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy how um, yeah, there's there's only one left, and then it's a whole new generation of players. So um, just on Vince, um, what's your uh, thoughts on Vince's career and and what his legacy um, is? Yeah, so it's an interesting career, isn't it? Um, you know, Vince. Um, for me, he was the uh, he was the first NBA jersey I ever got back way back the the white Toronto Raptors jersey. I reckon I would have worn that. I reckon ten thousand times. I remember um, still hanging up in the garage. I remember having those um, dunk contests with the ring on low, and you'd have the Vince white Raptors singlet on in the driveway. Yep. yep. <laughs> That's right. So he he was my introduction to to the NBA um, back when. And the only thing he cared about was dunking. So yeah. he, he was the man. He was the, he was the one you want to follow. Um, way back 2002, 2003 era. Um, it, it's strange because he, he come on so quickly. You know, in his third year with the Toronto Raptors, they went um, seven games with Allen Iverson, 76ers um, in the second round. Um, and he has that three in game seven. Um, in the left baseline there that rims out, which would have sent him to the Eastern Conference Finals. And you just think that the trajectory of his career was looking like, okay, there's going to be, you know, obviously all-star appearances, which there, I think he was a seven or eight-time all-star, but, you know, MVP candidate, you know, competing for championships, um, all those sort of things. But after that 2001 series, um, obviously things went a bit south there in Toronto, um, ended up in New Jersey, and um, you know his, his career almost almost flattened out, didn't it? Like he sort of got to that level, and then just sort of flattened out over the next ten years, and then you know become a really good role player, but never really got to to the heights that you sort of expected with how quickly he come on, um, and then obviously went from being a super athletic. Dunker to you know um, he sort of matured with the game and become a, you know an outside shooter role player um, type. So which yeah, leads me it, it's a, leads, leads me to my next question. Um, what do you like? How do you feel about a guy like Vince saying say hanging on um, and playing twenty two seasons as opposed to say like all his numbers obviously career wise start to drop because he's been around for so long um, and those last sort of you know. Or half a dozen seasons are all you know around ten points per game or lower. Um, what do you feel about that as opposed to sort of calling it quits earlier and sort of protecting, I guess, um, 
numbers or 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 a, a scorer scoring legacy um because i know from vince's perspective he was one of those dudes who's like you can have to carry me off the court you know i'm, I'm gonna play until i can't play no more and he even said these on his podcast where he um, was listening to it this morning where he announced his retirement that um he still feels he, he can go again but he just feels like the time is the time is right so what do you think about that sort of hanging around versus yeah i can still play and i'm still pretty good but it's time for me to go See, I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, yeah. but certainly, if, if a guy, you know, if he, he still wants to play the game and is still good enough and, and a team's willing to, to sign him, I think um, what Vince did is he, he understood, he was very self-aware that, you know, he wasn't the man anymore um, and he really embraced that, that role-player mentality and then further on then really embraced the mental um, role of being on a team when he really wasn't playing many minutes at all. Um, so I think from that side of it, like he he wasn't trying to hold guys back. He was really trying to bring it on the youth and not just hang around on his name. He wanted to use his knowledge and, and his experience to try to mentor and, and bring on the next generation. You know, probably contrary to someone like a, a Carmelo who wants to keep playing and still wants to be the man, um, Vince really went the other way and just embraced being a role player and almost took a step back from what he potentially could have done to become just a role player and, and a mentor to, to the next generation. So I think um, I didn't have a problem with that, but it probably is time now to, to step away. And, and you know, 22 years is a, is a long time, and uh, yeah, it's probably a good time to hang him up. Yeah, I think so. I think he's had a, a pretty good innings. Um, I'm just looking here, eight times All-Star, two times All-NBA, uh, 98-99 All-Rookie and Rookie of the Year. Uh, Hall of Famer? Question mark? Yeah, I think he is. Just just for longevity. Yeah. You know, most seasons ever. Um, eight-time All-Star. Um, you know, he, I think he's over 25,000 points um, and that. So... When you look at the, the basketball NBA Hall of Fame, um, yeah, most people make it in. Um, anyway, so you sort of say yes, yes, he would. But again, you say that two times All NBA. You just think, you know, when you see someone burst onto the scene, obviously Rookie of the Year '99, and obviously the dunk contest, you know, made him a household name, and then that 2001 playoff run. You just, it just didn't make sense that it just. You know, he had some injuries there in, in in these Toronto days, but it just you just think you know he should have been competing against T Mac Kobe, you know, through that that time, um, you know, as a small forward shooting guard position. They should have they should have been competing for ten years, um, but he just yeah, it just didn't seem to go that way for some reason. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the, the All-NBA is probably the most surprising thing. Um, I just quickly had a look at T-Max, and he was a seven-time All-Star, so Vince eight times, similar there. But then T-Mac had seven All-NBA versus two. Mm. Uh, obviously, T-Max in the Hall of Fame, won a couple of scoring titles as well. But sort of across the board, it's it's similar, but then you've got T-Mac you know, with, with way more or five more All-NBAs, which is pretty big. So it's almost like Vince, yep. um, he was there, but I don't know whether he just didn't, if it was just you know wrong wrong time wrong place sort of thing, or I just feel like he could have got more 
out of himself um, and been a bit more on that sort of elite level. Obviously, you know, an elite dunker, and that's yeah, that's sort of something he'll never be able to escape, even if he wanted to. Who was that sort of? Um, yeah, that, always the, the dunking symbol if he was in NBA 2K against his name because uh, that was sort of yeah. what, what he was known for. Um, I think, yeah, look, he had a great career. 22 years is pretty pretty impressive. Um, bounced around a heap of teams. There's some teams I forgot he played for. I saw he played for Phoenix. I don't remember him playing for Phoenix. Um, yeah, when did he play for Phoenix? So he played for Phoenix. Um, let me get it up. I just had it here before. Um, so he played for Orlando, Memphis, Dallas... Uh, obviously, Toronto, um, Atlanta, um, New Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah, so he played for Phoenix for one year. In so he looks like he was traded from Orlando to Phoenix. Played fifty-one oh. games with Phoenix, and then went to Dallas after that. So, so two thousand ten, the Orlando Dallas. Yeah. yeah. So it, I, I don't know if it was a mid-season trade or sort of something like that. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up Vince. But just uh, favorite Vince Carter memory. My favorite Vince Carter memory, um, I think, would have to be the dunk on Alonzo Morning. Um, I was I was too young to sort of see the the two thousand dunk contest live or the dunk over um, Frederick in the Olympics. Yeah. Um, and we never got any coverage of that, that 2001 playoff series against Alan Iverson. Um, but I was old enough to, to see that live, or not live, but um, in real time, the Alonzo morning dunk. And you know, that, at that time, was just like, whoa, what, uh, what just happened there? What's, yeah. uh, what's your favourite memory? I actually had the same thing written down. Um, and he mentioned he was going through, um, I can't remember his co-host name on his podcast, but he was going through his favourite or, or top memories from all the different teams he played for. Um, and as soon as New Jersey came up, it was either oh, dunk on Alonzo. You know, he's, he's, and he said it was um, he said it was funny because he does the um, going right, does behind the back to sort of shake his defender. And he said, I'm going towards, and I glance over and I see, you know, Zoe. And I'm like, this is either going to be a highlight for me or for him. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, I, I copped it back, and I just thought, just throw it down, big fella, throw it down. <laughs> uh, but I agree, like, the, and the, the amount of force that he threw that down with, it wasn't just one of those sort of, you know, um, just sort of makes it. It was like cock it right yeah. back. You know, Zoe, one of the the best um, shot blockers in the game, and just put it, put it right on him with force. Yeah. So I, absolutely. I, there's obviously there's so many that you see on video and that, but I think I, I sort of agree with you that. We got to sort of see that one and and live it a bit more um, because we were a bit older and not so young as as the um, the dunk contest, obviously, which he said was probably his biggest moment in, in Toronto. Um, so yeah, great career. Um, one of the real OGs is hanging it up. So there's not many not many left now. No, not at all. Uh, and put Toronto on the map. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that'll be his biggest legacy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I saw this. Um, uh, thing the other day um, that someone was saying, oh, he should um, uh, Atlanta should wave him and let Toronto pick him up for the postseason run. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that would actually be so cool if that happened. Yeah, <laughs> let him let him Just finish there. that eighteenth spot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's dive into NBA returning. 
Um, and yep. I'll start with the return format. Um, twenty-two teams of the twenty of the thirty coming back. Um, more in the west than the east. Um, what do you think about uh, the the return in of the twenty-two teams for starters? And then secondly, um, the format of the um, eight eight regular season games, and then into the the um, or potentially the play-in tournament, and then obviously the the playoffs. Yep. So um, I like the 22-team format. Um, I think having those eight leading games um, is important. I think that's going to be really good to to just get teams into a rhythm, get players into a rhythm, shake off a bit of the rust and, and that from the layoff, um, rather than jumping straight into the playoff format. So yep. I think that's, that's really good. Um, excited to see if a team's able to trigger the playing tournament. Um, from from what I understand, they have to be at least four games behind the eight seed to trigger that. Um, so I'm I'm really keen um, to see that happen in the West. I, I I can't see Washington being able to trigger it in the East, and I'm not all that concerned whether they do or not. But really keen to see if um, either the Pelicans or the Trailblazers are able to um, trigger that playing tournament um, for that eight seed. I think that'll bring some excitement just for the lead into the playoffs and, and just warm us up into into the real stuff. What uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I've got I've got two sides to it, and I've sort of changed um, over time. The first side is um, uh, I'm so looking forward to it. Um, I think it's it's it's. I think the eight play the eight um, regular season games are important um, because if you went straight to playoffs and that sort of intensity, um, particularly in a new environment, you know that's that's hasn't been done before. This everyone playing at the same place, um, it, it sort of it gives them a bit of time to shake a bit of rust and sort of feel what it's going to be like. Um, you know, living there, playing there, um, all of the above. Um, as a Bulls fan, I'm disappointed. Um, for two reasons. One, um, it, it means there's a longer period of time until the Bulls get to play again, and it's like going to be eight, nine, ten months. Um, and two, the amount of tampering that's going to go on in there, and my Bulls have no chance of trying to get someone to come and play <laughs> in Chicago, is going to be through the roof. Like it, I was hoping we could at least send someone, <laughs> someone from the front office or something to give us a bit of, bit of love there. Because <laughs> these, these guys are going to be hanging out like crazy. Um, and you've got to believe there's going to be some, hey, why don't you come and join us? You know, Why don't you come play with us? And this is how we do it. And you, know, you sort of get an insight into... Um, the way that each sort of team goes about it a bit more because you're so close to one another. Um, but I, I think I think I do like the fact that um, they haven't just gone straight to the playoffs. Um, which leads me to my next point of on JJ Reddick's podcast. Obviously, he's with the New Orleans New Orleans Pelicans. He said, if we were the seventh or eighth seed, therefore Zion would be in the mix at the at the end of the season. They would have gone straight to playoffs. Because the NBA wants Zion in there. What's your thoughts? Oh, I agree. Um, and I, I, I thank the NBA for doing that <laughs> because um, I love Zion. I love what he does for the NBA. He's he's what Vince was to me twenty years ago. Like that's what introduced me to the game. Was you know just a, a very basic fan of the game of basketball that you know all I wanted to see 
was the the flashy dunks and um, you know the the athletic plays. So you know you get those same feelings watching Zaya. Like so you know at the moment when you're going to have this situation where there, there's not crowds there and you need to spark interest and and try to drive as many casual fans to watch the game. To have a guy like Zaya on front and centre, it's a no-brainer that that you do it. Um, and if it meant that they had to go with this 22-team format um, to make that happen, then that's what you do rather than just jumping straight to, to the 16, um, 16-team playoff format. Um, I'm surprised that they... I, I, I did glance over the, the um, schedule and I don't think they played the Lakers. Um, I think they played the Clippers, um, but I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be that um, the Pelicans were going to have a tough run because they would have scheduled the the Pelicans to play, you know, the Milwaukee's, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Houston Rockets, all the big teams, so that you could drive that television market and get him as much exposure as possible. Um, so yeah, I agree with JJ. The NBA has probably done it just to get him in there, um, and I think it's the best thing they could have done. And I I hope, and I feel sorry for Memphis, but I really hope that they get that eight seed and you see the Lakers versus Pelicans round one. Um, just to see Zion, Zion play more basketball. Um, do you think JJ's on the money? Yeah, I, I do. As soon as he said it, I thought, one, like, props for saying it as a current NBA player, um, you know, to come out and just say, or, or to sort of understand the league. He's been around for a while, to understand the league enough to know that these sorts of things are important to the league. Um, and, you know, he, he sort of has a vested interest in it as well, being a, a teammate of Zion's, obviously. Uh, and, and a guy who has, in his 12 or 13 year career, never not been to the playoffs. And obviously he's now yeah. right on the edge there looking in. Um, so I, I, I agree with him. I think the NBA at the end of the day wants the best of the best there. Um, it, it's the best for them in so many ways. Um, and, and you don't want sort of a team there who's not really going to do much um, and uh, as much as I uh, enjoy watching Ja Morant and sort of what's going on in Memphis I don't think they're going to do much if if they are the eight seed um, and and play the Lakers in the in the first um, the first round um, I didn't know that they didn't that uh, New Orleans didn't play the Lakers so that's interesting perhaps they're hoping that it will be mm. a first round matchup between the two um, you know Zion versus LeBron um, would be interesting um, to watch. Um, so what I thought we'd do is we'll jump, we'll, we'll go to the two conferences, who's currently in, who's sort of around the mark, and then who we'd like to see in and out. Um, and I thought we'd start with the West. So at the moment, you've got Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, um, Thunder, Rockets, Mavs, Grizzlies as the eight. Uh, and then you've got Portland, New Orleans, uh, Sacramento, Spurs, and Phoenix, uh, who have also been invited. So out of Portland, so first of all, top eight, is Memphis the only team you'd sort of like to see drop out in favour of one of those other teams? Yes, because um, I think either Dallas is the seventh seed. Dallas is seventh, yep. Um, yep, so I want to see, obviously, Luka Doncic, see what he can do in the postseason. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the, the others, I don't think the sixth seed even has a chance to drop out. I think they're too far in front. Is that OKC, the sixth seed? Yeah, so OKC, uh, yeah. Um, they're fifth, or they're tied 
with uh, in terms of wins at 40. Oh, sorry. Uh, OKC, yep. Houston, and Dallas are all 40. So yeah, five, six, right. seven, they're yep. all 40 wins. And then Memphis is 32. So those yeah. Yep. The, yeah, Memphis yeah. is pretty much the only one that can drop out, really. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'd like, as, as bad as it, you know, Memphis has probably played well all year and, and Jar Morant's played well, but I would much rather see them drop out and either Portland or um, New Orleans take that spot. Um, and that's why I hope that both Portland and New Orleans can trigger the play-in. So you got yeah. those three teams competing for that that eight spot. I think you can you can put a line through Phoenix, Sacramento, and Spurs. Yeah. Um, I don't think they they've got a chance. And secondly, I don't want to see them. Um, yeah. Take them. I don't don't even know how Phoenix got a got a um, invitation, <laughs> yeah. but. Um, yeah, put a line through those, but yeah, really would hope to see those three: New Orleans, Portland, and, and uh, Memphis play in for that that eight spot. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can't. Yeah, that's. What about you? I, I definitely want to see the playing tournament. I think it'd be disappointing if that didn't happen. If you know, if they've they've put these plans in place to to have this, you know, if teams are close enough, have a playing tournament. If one team just gets far enough in front and that doesn't happen, that's it's sort of going to be a bit disappointing because I want to see how that works. Um, because I also think the NBA are testing to see, you know, what what potential changes could be made in future to try and make these things more uh, more enticing. If you're say just outside the eight or you know ninth and tenth and whatnot in the future, and these playing tournaments work, they might go, hey, let's do this. Let's let's try this in the normal format. So that's why I want to see how it works. Yep. Um, so that you know you can see, oh look, that was that wasn't very good or, you know, that was awesome. Um, and it sort of adds another sort of spice before, you know, the playoffs get underway. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And again, I'm the same as you. I hope it's... I hope Portland and, and New Orleans and Memphis are all in that playing tournament. Um, I'd like to see yep. Lill- Lillard uh, play just because he's talked a lot about... Well, he wasn't even going to come back if they didn't have a chance to play, a chance to make the playoffs. He was like, just won't play. Um was interviewed and said that he wanted to play against the Lakers. Um, so, you know, when you start talking, you sort of want to see, okay, I want to see you back this up now. And obviously he's having a ridiculously good yeah. year. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, and good to see him go out there and play. Um, it'd be interesting to see Ja Morant, what he's like in that situation. Obviously been his rookie year. Um, how does he cope in that sort of uh, environment and that sort of pressure? Um, and yeah, I'd, yeah, and then you've got obviously Zion, JJ Redick, Brandon Ingram, um, Drew Holiday, those boys in um, uh, uh, Lonzo in New Orleans. So I think it'd be awesome to have those three in. Um, before we jump to the East, uh, your winner of the West is? Lakers. Lakers. And um, yeah. biggest two challenges. So to pick two other teams who you think will, will be the biggest challenge to them. Yeah, so the clear ones, obviously, the Clippers. Um, I think most most people know that it's um, you know they're the two clear top seeds in in the Western Conference, and I think there's um, Houston's the outlier. Um, I think the two the two LA teams are, are shoulders above the other teams, but the fact that Houston has gone to such a different style of basketball with the small ball lineup. Um, and the firepower they have with the Westbrook and a Harden, they have a puncher's chance if they get on a roll 
to to win some games. I don't think any other team can compete, you know, on merit with the talent that the two LA teams have, but just purely from the fact that the Houston Rockets have two superstars and play a completely different style to the two LA teams, then they could, you know, come and do some damage if they are able to get on a roll and, and run the scoreboard up quick enough. Um, so yeah, that's that's. I think you, you, it's going to be the two LA teams in the conference finals unless Houston can get on a on a hot streak. What are what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a, a two horse race, or do you think there's other teams that can you know challenge the two LA teams? I I agree. Obvious the two LA teams. Um, it's what everyone's hoping is the Western Conference Finals. Will probably be better than the NBA Finals if it is. Um, but I do I do think Houston are sort of the team to to watch. Um, Obviously, they're they're different this year with Russ as opposed to CP3 and and changing the to the to the real small ball lineup. Um, so look, if they get through, you know, it it could change the way NBA teams structure themselves going forward. If if you know, it's it's a um, a copycat league. Um, this this whole pace and space is sort of the way that it's gone since the the Warriors uh, since the Warriors. So. If if Houston can somehow come out of the West, it's like wow, it's just you don't need a you know traditional lineup anymore. I mean, it's pretty much positionless anyway. But but guys obviously still have you know um, guys up there around seven foot as playing that centre position. Yeah, so, you normally um, have some sort of centre. Yeah, yeah, and then um, Denver. Nah, I, I like Denver. Obviously, our boy Joe Ingles is there. Um, I think they're well coached. I think they sort of get the most out of themselves, but I think they're, I think they're a good piece away. Or Donovan really taking that next step away. Um, you know, you, you, these other teams have, when you need a, a bucket late, they've got multiple guys who can get you one. Um, the Nuggets have Donovan, and that's pretty much all you'd really rely upon. Sort of, sort of late. You don't have multiple options. Um, and Mike Conley has sort of been an odd fit there, so I'm still not sure if that's going to work for them going forward. Um, you've got the... Sorry, I said the Nuggets before I met the Jazz. Now I'm going to the Nuggets. Yep. I think the Nuggets are one of those yeah. <laughs> awesome regular season teams. You know, a bit like Atlanta yeah. a few years back. Um, we're top of the East and just a really good regular season team, but I just don't, I just don't see them at the, in their current format being a contending team. Um, yes, I, and losing that um, home court advantage too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they're I mean they're built around a big fella too, which is uh, sort of not the the traditional way I guess that of what we've seen in 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 the most recent years is is more guard and and sort of yeah those those um, point forwards I guess like your LeBrons and that um, being able to sort of dictate things. Um, to, to play around a big fella in, in Jokic um, will be interesting. I'm just not sure if it's... I still think there may be one or two pieces away. What do you think about, about them? Yeah, so I think I think you're right. It, it, it depends on the, the development of Jamal Murray. Um, yes. Because I think, yeah, the days of being able to play through a big guy in the NBA is, is gone just because as the reliance on the three-point line um, and the pace that teams play at now. You know, being able to wait for your big guy to come down and to, to play through him. 
um, just doesn't work in today's um, NBA. You've got to have, as you say, either a point forward or, or guard um, running the show. Um, did you so see yeah, that? And and I do. Did you see yeah. that photo getting around Instagram of Jokic? How he looks like he's dropped. Yeah. He looks like bloody Porzingis now. Twenty pounds. Yeah. He does, doesn't he? He looks like Porzingis. Got himself all yes. ripped up. He probably realises too that you know he can't carry the weight he's got to become and that's yeah. all you know um, stretch four as they call them now, which is you know basically just big guys that can shoot threes instead of get down the post. So. Yeah, um, you know he's probably understands where the NBA has gone now. Uh, or and his I do think that their skills are really good. Advantage. Or yeah. his Photoshop <laughs> skills are really good, and he's just like, I'm just going to airbrush the crap out of me and make myself look like you know, make people a bit scared. <laughs> that's right. And then he comes back, and he's still he's still the big lumbering man. Yeah, so, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't think, and, and that home court advantage they have playing in the altitude up there. Yes, you know, um, I reckon that gives them a plus five advantage most most home games. So losing that, um, that's going to hurt them going into the bubble. Yeah, I, I think they'll be better than last year, obviously, because they had the experience of, of playoffs last year. Um, so it's always you always come back. Teams usually come back better. So that'll be it'll be good to see how they sort of they sort of go. But if I was to say like, yeah, you know, we've, we've chosen our three that we think are the, are the most dangerous. I don't even give them consideration when I'm looking at those three. Um, yeah. Then you've got OKC at the fifth seed uh, currently. No one expected them to be there, I don't think, at the start of the year. So massively overachieved. Um, Chris Paul's sort of found his third or fourth or fifth wind at this stage of his career. Yeah, that's right. Um, yep. Great for them to be there, but don't see them uh, being a, no. a threat at all. Agree? I think they've hit they hit their ceiling by by making the playoffs, which is good for CP to show that he still he still can play. But that's uh, that, that'll be enough for them. Yeah, uh, and then obviously Dallas, everyone wants to see Luca play, and yeah. that's that's you know Luca and Porzingis um, are, are great players to watch. So that that's they're going to be awesome to watch. I'm I'm not sure. Um, I obviously don't have them contend in, but they sort of are in a in a grey spot for me in terms of. You know, it just depends how how crazy Luca goes as to what they can sort of do. Do you, do you get any sense that they're, you know, above say, uh, Denver, Utah, and OKC, or they're not at that level even? I think just the youth um, and um, being together for a short period of time. Um, yeah. I think this will be a really good learning learning curve for them. Um, hopefully, they can win two or three games. You know, to make it a a competitive series, but I can't see them getting out of the first round. But um, you know, even if they can win, you know, two games, um, especially if they're playing like they, if they end up, you know, playing against the Clippers in that first round, you know, if they can take one or two games off them, um, just that experience for, for young guys like that, I think will do them the world of good. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I can't see them getting out of the first round this year. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I think they're. They're sort of that team to watch. Um, probably, for me, probably more so than Denver um, because of Luca. And if they can add some, yep. some sort of more pieces there and they've got Luca and Porzingis, um, who are still so both so bloody young, they're, you know, they're going to be special for, for a while yet. So it's good to see them sort of getting some experience early so that you know, in a year or so or even potentially even next year, you know, they're, they're more in that contending sort of position. Um, before we jump to the East, is there anything else with the West that you wanted to touch on? 
No, just let's hope the Lakers make the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's, there's two things I wanted to say before we do swap is I hope Lakers and Clippers don't meet before, somehow don't meet before the conference finals. That would be very disappointing. Um, yes. And uh, I also hope they meet in the conference finals um, because as a, as a Bulls fan, Joakim Noah has signed with the Clippers for the remainder of the season as their third string center and him and LeBron have always <laughs> gone at it so LeBron's always had the upper hand and will probably do so again but it'll be, <laughs> be good to see those two uh, back on the court competing again if Joakim makes the court that is because I think he's more of an insurance policy at center for them I think you're um, right there let's swing to the east um, so I'll run through current eight and then obviously we, we've already spoken about Wizards being the only other team that's been invited um, so we've got uh, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Indiana, Philly, Brooklyn, and Orlando. Um, and then obviously Washington's six games back from the 7-8 seed there. Um, don't give Washington much chance. I think you said that before. Yeah, put a yeah. line through them. Yeah, so we're, so we're basically then saying that that's the, the eight that's currently there and the East is the eight that's going to be there. Um, yeah. who's coming out of the East for you? For me, it's, it's Milwaukee. I think, um, yeah, they've been the form team all year. Um, you've got, you know, Boston, maybe, Toronto, maybe, Philly, very, very maybe. Um, but I think you could almost throw a blanket over those other three teams and you've got Milwaukee just, um, you know, just that next level above them. Um, and I think they've shown that all year. You know, last year, I think, you know, what happened against Toronto, that, that they're going to have um, all the motivation in the world. I think Giannis has got all the motivation in the world to, to amend for what happened last year. So I think, yeah, Milwaukee will, will run through the East reasonably comfortably. Um, what are your thoughts on the East? Yeah, I, I have Milwaukee. I, I, I do feel like Boston will give them a real shake. Um, only because Boston has sort of four guys in um, Kemba, Tatum, Brown, um, and Hayward who can, A, can get their own and could put up 20 points on any given night, those sort of four. Um, Milwaukee, you sort of got Giannis and, and Middleton, and then there's a pretty significant drop. Um, so there's sort of, I guess, they got they got four four snakes at Boston versus two in Milwaukee. Obviously, Giannis is ridiculously good, so he's, he's a hard man to, yep. to slow down. But I sort of I think Boston will give him a real shake. Toronto, I, I'm yep. just, I've done so well, considering you lose a guy like Kawhi and you're still you know, thereabouts. Just a tough team, well-coached. Um, and I'm with you. The rest, Miami, Indiana, Philly, Brooklyn, Orlando. Obviously, Brooklyn is without major pieces, so... Just put a line through them. Orlando, you know, you're at home. I guess that's the only thing you've got going for you. And even then, that's not going to be enough. Um, Indiana, still haven't heard if Victor Oladipo is playing. I know he was 50-50 about whether to just concentrate on getting himself right for next year or play. Uh, Miami's a good team to watch. Obviously, got a few young dogs with uh, Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and Bam at center. And a guy like Jimmy, who's always, you know, going to talk himself up and pushing bodies around and, and that sort of thing. But I, I can't see them being at, at Boston, Toronto or, or Milwaukee's um, level. Um, so I think we're pretty much aligned there again in terms of the East. 
Um, which leads me to the NBA Finals and um, say it is Milwaukee Lakers. Can Milwaukee win? Given they have a different structure, I guess, um, to... I mean, they've got Giannis and we know how good he is. Um, yeah. They've got Middleton, who's uh, like really, really solid. Um, and then there's a big drop... Uh, to the rest, and I rate Milton more than some people do. Some people think he's sort of a, th- a really good third option, as opposed to a second. But I sort of feel like they might be one piece away. What do you think about? It? I'm talking about if they're coming up against the Lakers. I, I couldn't see them winning. Yeah. Sort of more than two games, I'd give them maybe. Yeah, I think just the experience of LeBron in the finals, like. Yep. Um, yeah, it's going to be, if Milwaukee make it, it's going to be the first time for a lot of those guys playing in the NBA Finals. You're going to come up against a guy like LeBron, who A, has been there nine times already. B, you know, is obviously as motivated as anyone to win a championship and to win a championship for the Lakers. Um, then you've got a guy like AD, um, who easily can be the best player in that series yep. um, on their side. Um, we've got other guys in, in Danny Green. If J.R. Smith ends up taking the spot of Avery Bradley, um, JaVale McGee, um, who have all had um, Rajon Rondo, all had finals experience, all have been there, um, you know, have won championships. Whereas I don't know if Milwaukee have anyone that's won a championship. Um, certainly not. That I can think of. Do they still have um, um, uh, George Hill? Is he got a ring? No, no. Well, Did he get one with the Cavs or not? Spurs. Or Spurs? No, no, no. Okay. So I think he was with Spurs in thirteen. I don't know if he was there in fourteen when they won it. And Kyle Korver um, doesn't yet, to my knowledge. He's at Milwaukee these days. Or was he? Yeah, no. He, he wasn't with the Cavs. No, he. No, he came in uh, seventeen. To okay. The Cavs. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, um, so I just think that experience and LeBron um, being so motivated and, and having AD, um, I don't think Milwaukee can, can beat that firepower. In terms of matchups, um, do you think there's a team in the East who would be a better matchup for the Lakers, such as a Boston or something that might, might give them a bit more of a run just because of the, the no. dynamic of the team? No. No, because they've got LeBron and AD too top five players in the league the only other team in the east that has a player in the top five is milwaukee yes so with Giannis being being that guy um so if you're coming up against the boston yeah they've got those four guys that all can give you 20 but they're all stars so you've got four stars that are going to come up against two superstars um you know their best player in boston you know maybe a top 20 top 25 player and you're coming up against two of the top five in the league uh, and the same with you know Toronto with Siakam, um, you know Philly have got Ben Simmons and Embiid. So I just yeah I think you know there's there's too much too much at the top for the Lakers um, that any other team in the East that can really compete with that. Yeah, I I tend to agree. One thing I did find interesting I was looking at a few uh, uh, numbers the other day and um, Chris Middleton is on pace for a fifty forty ninety season. Which is pretty really? impressive. Yeah, he's. Ju- I think he's just short in field goals. He's like forty nine point nine nine or something. Like he's just under. 
your 50, but then he's shooting 91% from the stripe and like 42 from deep. So for a guy at number two on a team that's won that much, like a pretty high high efficiency sort of guy, that's pretty impressive. You know, it's not like he's a, he's a guy mm. who doesn't get the ball much and, you know, he's sort of more of a spot-up guy in that. It's for a guy who's, who's getting the touches that he is. I thought that was pretty impressive. So hopefully he doesn't ruin it in the last eight games leading up to the, uh, right. the end of the season. Um, so... I wanted to change uh, to a different sort of area uh, because I've seen a few different shows talk about this in terms of who has the most at stake in this finals, playoffs, regular season series. Most people seem to lean towards LeBron, given his age, um, given um, yeah, primarily that, but also that... Um, yeah, the, the Lakers have now uh, back in sort of contention after um, they were sort of really young um, last year, and now they've got AD, and um, that sort of adds that that yeah, LeBron's got that help now sort of thing. So again, it puts more pressure on him. Do you think that's the biggest um, topic, I guess, um, as part of this playoff series? I think you'd have to say yes. Um, it's such a strange situation, isn't it? That you know, he's got age not on his side, so you know, he he needs to try to win as many championships as he can before it's all said and done. Um, so he can't, you know, afford to let a year go to waste. Whereas for the other guys, um, even if they don't win the championship, it's not like the pressure's going to come like it would if it was a normal playoff series and a normal season. So, yeah, say, for instance, a guy like Giannis, you know, what happened last year when they're up 2-0 against Toronto and then lose the next four games, the pressure comes to say, OK, you know, he's been an MVP, but can he lead his team to the NBA Finals and, and ultimately to a championship? So, you know, he got the pressure last year, but everyone's like, OK, well, you know, most good players go through that, you know, um, playoff failures uh, before getting over the hump. So this was going to be the year where you know he had to then take the next step. Whereas if that, if Milwaukee go in and they don't end up making the finals or they don't win the championship, I don't think that the pressure would be the same to say, well, you know, that's two playoff failures in a row, just because of how you know strange this bubble is going to be. So it's almost a free shot for a lot of guys. Um, and, you know, LeBron just has the age side of things. He just doesn't have as many seasons as the rest of the guys. Because even if the, the Lakers don't win, I don't think the criticism would be as harsh as if they didn't win the championship in a normal normal season. So even for LeBron, there's not that level of pressure. It's just the time component that yeah. he's only got X amount of seasons left. So he really can't afford to, to lose too many um, of them going out. Um, do you think he has the most pressure on him? Do you think the Lakers are the team with the most pressure on them? Yeah, I do. I think I think um, uh, LeBron and pressure just go hand in hand. <laughs> um, he, he warrants it because of how good he is. Um, you know, people wouldn't talk about it if he wasn't that good. Um, people wouldn't talk about it if he wasn't one of the greats. Um, you know, it's all about now adding to that resume that's already um, there. You know, it's already at that elite level. It's just, well, how, how many does he finish with? How does he finish? Um, when does he finish? You know, all these sorts of questions start to start to creep in over the next 
few years because he is getting up there in age. Um, you know, does he does he hang around? Does he do events and hang around? <laughs> is he playing at forty five and averaging ten points a game? You know, um, all these questions I think you know are in the near future for LeBron. Um, and I think if he could sort of, I think if he if he put it this way, if the Lakers get through and win this. I, I think this this ring for LeBron is, in my view, is second to his one in Cleveland. Obviously, um, against that that Warriors ridiculous Warriors team and, and coming back from three one is pretty hard to top. But given everything that's happened, given LeBron's commitment to um, everything he does outside of the game of basketball, given the the fact that in this day and age you are under the spotlight twenty four seven and he's at the top of that list. Um, and given that coronavirus has, has hit and now we're doing this bubble, there's so many things sort of... I, I know everyone's in the same boat, but there's so many things that make it unique that to me it's it's it would be a pretty impressive um, accomplishment. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it would be. Um, and in terms of the players that it could have happened to, I think LeBron's one of the best-placed athletes to something like this in terms of being able to self-motivate and continue on the grind of being ready. Um, you know, I, we haven't seen too many athletes be able to put together the longevity that LeBron's been able to do. And that takes extreme discipline to, to not only um, put in the work physically, but also, you know, um, mentally, the dietary requirements, you know, the way he looks after and recovers his body so that, you know, he's always available game in, game out, season after season. You know, something like this happening where you, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how some players and some teams come back into this bubble. Um, whereas I think someone like LeBron, he's going to come in almost like, you know, in better shape than when he come out of it, just through that sheer discipline that he has that, you know, every day he gets up and he's working towards being better every single day. Um, so he's going to, I think he's going to be well-placed to, you know, give the Lakers every opportunity to, to win this championship. Um, and that's, it takes huge amounts of discipline to be able to do that. So I think you're right in terms of, where this championship would rank is if, if the Lakers are able to. Um, because not only has he had, you know, the interruption with the coronavirus and had to make sure he maintains that the physical um, and mental um, excellence to, to be the best player in the league, but then you've got the social injustice stuff, the, the, the Black Lives Matters movement that got brought into the middle of that as well, which, as you say, he's at the forefront of that. Yes. And has been for many years. So he's had to then combine that with just making sure he's ready to play basketball. You know, there's a lot going on. So if he's able to then go into this bubble environment and still compete at a high level and lead the Lakers to a championship on top of all the work he's been doing with the more than a vote movement um, and things of that nature is, is a huge, huge accomplishment. Yeah, no, completely agree. So I, I think that's a story to watch. I sort of did think, um, you know, if... if if the Bucks um, say, well, obviously, if they get bounced out before the finals, I think that'll be pretty significant. Uh, but if they make the finals and lose, sort of how much do they get um, sort of criticised for it? But then I, I, I don't think they really do. I think I'm beating with you that it's kind of a free shot because they haven't sort of been there sort of, you know, in, in, yet. Um, 
So it's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like you get there, you get a chance. Okay, you didn't win. Okay, now this next year, now the pressure's on to get back there and, and go that one step further. Um, and for Giannis, um, you know, to to sort of lead his team to a title, not just lead his team to sort of being the best in in the East. Um, so I, I do think the LeBron uh, story is the biggest, and I think he's got the most pressure. Um, but I, I I do like your view that it's it's sort of different to to normal given everything is different to normal. Um, so yeah. it kind of is like it's its own little um, side championship, you know, because everything's so different, and it will be one that will be remembered for different reasons than than the norm. Um, That's right. Now Avery Bradley is out, opted out, not going. Probably the biggest in terms of biggest name in terms of um, impact um, on on one of those. Um, teams that are right up there obviously with the Lakers they haven't yet replaced him although it's looking like J.R. Smith is likely um, I did see um, Swaggy P and, and Mike Miller tweeting yeah at LeBron I'm ready to go you know <laughs> I think Mike Miller definitely joking but I think Swaggy P would definitely be backing himself in as a legit chance yeah that's right <laughs> um, what do you think as a, as a Lakers fan about Bradley being out and if it if, if uh, how you think that matters because I think Magic Johnson tweeted something about you know, his defensive side of, of the ball is is very important to that team, being able to put him on on sort of the lead um, guards on the other side. Um, and obviously, you get J.R. Smith in. He's not bad on on, def- on defense, but he's not um, he's not quite Avery Bradley's level, but he's probably a better shooter. So where do you sort of sit in terms of Avery Bradley pulling out? So firstly, in terms of him pulling out, um, no issue there whatsoever. Um, we spoke about it on the last podcast that um, I thought there'd only be a handful of guys that, that would opt out. Yes. Um, and I didn't think they would opt out purely based on the Black Lives Matter movement, um, which we've seen with the guys that have sat out. Uh, Times obviously concerned about his contract. Um, Ariza sitting out because of um, the, he's got the one month parenting window. Um, and Avery Bradley because he's got a child that's, um, you know, got respiratory issues. Um, so they're sitting out for a variety of reasons, not just purely, you know, this social injustice movement um, that's going on. So no problems whatsoever with him saying, no, I'm not going to, to look after um, and not put, you know, added risk on onto my family. Um, in terms of replacement, um, I'd like to see J.R. Smith. I think he's the closest... Um, you know, comparable replacement, the one that makes most sense. It, it's difficult in terms of chemistry and things like that, but given the fact that teams have been on hiatus for three months and going to go into this bubble environment, I don't think that carries as much weight as if it was, say, a player was to get injured in a normal season this late in the season and then you just have to replace guys and try to get that chemistry um, because, you know, teams are going to be working on getting back to chem- getting their chemistry back on track anyway. Um, so I don't think that's, that's a huge disadvantage. Um, so yeah, I think I'd like to see J.R. Smith. I don't, don't want to see Swaggy P. Uh, I think he's just trying to get his name in, in the paper. Um, so yeah, I think J.R. Smith, and obviously he's played with LeBron before. He knows how he plays LeBron, yeah. knows how he plays. He's got that finals experience. He's won a championship. Um, so to me, it makes the most sense. Um, and, you know, they can get the chemistry going on the fly, uh, given it's going to be it's going to be a strange start to the to the season anyway. So 
Um, I think he... Do you see anyone else out there that would make more sense than a J.R. Smith? I don't think so. I was sort of looking at sort of who's around, um, you know, who's who's available. Um, and I think J.R. Smith makes the most sense. And for me, it, it, it is more because of that familiarity with LeBron. I think that's probably the most important part. When you're bringing somebody in to play, against someone, or play with someone like LeBron, it'd be very hard if they'd never played with him before. Um, the only other guy who um, you know, I don't mind is Shumpert, um, only because he's play, I think he played a season with LeBron, or, or um, and you know he's, yeah. he's a defensive-minded guy, um, can knock down a three, but I think Jr. is a, a, a step up from that. Um, as long as he's not getting rebounds and dribbling to half court when there's you know five, five seconds to go, I don't think any, anyone wants to see a repeat of that. Um, so I think yeah, I think he, he'll be the replacement pretty soon. I'd imagine that that announced that. Um, and speaking of that, I think because this is um, uh, two Aussie lads talking hoops, uh, Ryan Brokoff has signed with Philly after being waived by Dallas. So uh, the Philadelphia Boomers are a real thing with, with Ben and, and Ryan there now. Um, so be good to see him get another another gig um, because it was looking like he was going to be heading back overseas. So hopefully he can get some clock and knock down some shots and get himself another deal going forward um brett brown's giving him a lifeline yeah yeah and it's 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 good because obviously he's um coaching the boomers now as well brett brown so um you know he'll get a bit more familiarity with with um ryan as well before um you know the olympics so uh, that'll be that'll be exciting um that's about it from me did you have anything else in relation to the nba returning that you wanted to add I just hope that uh, the problems Florida are having with the coronavirus doesn't affect the, the restart. Yeah. Um, finally getting to see the schedule come out, you know, you start to you know, get a bit excited that we're starting to move towards it and um, in the next week or so when the players start to arrive in Orlando, uh, hopefully we, we're getting closer and closer to, to the restart and being able to see who's going to come out champions. Yep, yep. I agree. If if it if it doesn't go ahead, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna struggle to find content. That's for sure. So yeah, uh, we might be Absolutely. we might be a two episode podcast only if the NBA doesn't go ahead. <laughs> so um, uh, hopefully hopefully it does. I had an idea for our next um, pod, which I thought I'd share with you over here, so people listening can hear and see what you thought. Um, I thought we could do our all NBA teams. Um, yep. first, first, second, and third, all NBA, and then all defense. I think there's only first and second in all defense. I don't think they go to third. Yeah. So yep. have, have a think about that. Um, and on our next pod, we can we can run through those. Um, and our, our other awards, you know, the, the stock standard awards as well, would be good to touch on. I'm not sure. That was one thing I wanted to ask. I assume these last eight games don't count towards those, or they do count towards... You know, people's views because well, I suppose no one from the bottom eight teams would be considered for any of them anyway, so it probably doesn't matter. You know, if yeah, someone's yeah, taking into consideration MVP, are they are they counting these? If 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 um, you know, LeBron goes on a ridiculous run or something, do you do you count that? Yeah, I, I guess you do. I haven't even <laughs> con- haven't even considered that at all. Um, yeah, I don't know because is it really? not really a regular season is it no it's more, no it's almost like a pre-season tournament yeah 
And that's but, what I mean. Yeah, like, I what guess, you, yeah. You wouldn't think guys would be, um, like, if you're if you're the Lakers and you're, um, you know, pretty comfortably beating teams or whatnot, you're not going to leave guys out there to let them get their numbers up to for, for cases for awards. You're going to be resting them because you want them to be good, you know, come the playoffs. So, it, yeah, I think, that's right. Yeah, I think that's a bit interesting to see whether or not it counts. I heard someone talk about the podcast the other day and that's what made me think about, oh yeah, I wonder if that counts or not because they weren't sure either. So, um, mm. but yeah, let's 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 run through those on, on the next pod. Um, so yeah, that wraps it up for me. Anything else from you? No, all good. 50, nearly 57 minutes of fantastic listening for those who choose to listen. We've had 27 downloads on our first episode. So that's uh, go. that's good. Hopefully this one will get fifty, and we'll just keep doubling every time until we're just rolling in money, sponsorship, all that sort of thing. So <laughs> that's it. All the good stuff. <laughs> that's it. So thanks everyone for listening again. And if you do have any ideas on things you want us to do to talk about, um, hit us up, and and we will um, we will consider discussing those. So um, until next time, thanks for your time, buckets, and um, and uh, yeah, keep. Keep safe and well, and let's hope the NBA resumes. Absolutely. All right, mate. Talk to you soon. Cheers.